Oh, hey, Steve. Oh, hey, Mike. Well, what's wrong, buddy? Well, I, I just got this new water bottle, but it just looks so plain. Well, have I got the store for you. Introducing the Wild Edible World Podcast Merch Store. Wowie wow! It's the merch store where you can get all of your favorite podcasts merch for all your decorating purposes. How do I find that? Go to wildediblewordpod.shopify.com or go to any of our Instagram and media accounts and view the link in the bio. Wowie wow! Yep, y'all, it's another episode of the Wild Edible World Podcast. Yee-haw. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. <laughs> and I'm Steve. I'm just going to talk normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <all right>. well. <laughs> but you should saddle up because this is episode uh, Pheasant's Back or Dryad Saddle or what else? Cereoporous squamosis is the scientific uh, binomial. Yes. If you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is going to be, I think... Uh, your experience, if you're an experienced forager, you're going to be familiar with this as a common consolation prize in your journey for finding the beloved morel, which we will be featuring this year. Yeah, it's like, at least I didn't get goose-egged, you know? Yeah, yeah like, it's not nothing, but some people will honestly walk away from the woods with nothing instead of taking dryad saddle. And also, some people love this stuff. I like it. I think yeah. it's a pretty underrated mushroom. I think it's solid if you can find it young enough. Yeah, exactly. Young enough. And then, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about... Let's, let, I guess let's talk about it. What sure. does it look like? So you're going to find it... How, what does it look like and how does it function, most importantly? Because you're going to find mm. it decaying old dead logs. And live trees. And live standing trees. Yes. Yeah. So it is a decayer. It will be on dead <laughs> yes. parts of the tree. A Soporite? Is that is that the? Is that I've the, never heard it said, so yeah. that's definitely how it's spelled. So then that's definitely how it sounds. <laughs> <how it's laughs> yep, you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it like Michael is saying, it's it's a decayer, so it's you can find it on living trees, but it does attack that heartwood uh, straight to the heartwood, and uh, yeah, it, it straight takes, to the heartwood. Oh no! <laughs> no! 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 Uh, <laughs> But it's, uh, you're going to find a lot of it. The cool thing about it is that it, it grows in big clumps. And they, I guess the more common name for it is pheasant beck. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think, where I, what I've seen it most referred to as pheasant beck. So from here on out, we're just going to call it pheasant beck. And that is because of the patterning on the top of the mushroom. right? Yeah, so it's it a like shelf a- mushroom. It's sprouting out from these dead sections or living, dead or dying portions of living trees. And uh, it's got this feathery appearance to the top of it. And then whenever you look on the bottom of it, it's got all these pores. It's a very porous surface. Mm-hmm. So it's known and categorically as a polyporous shelf mushroom. And it does extend from a thick stem. So it does have a base. So how do we collect it? When it's youngest, as you mentioned earlier, so the younger the better, right? I think generally that's that's in the accepted, the accepted uh, preference. You know, when mm-hmm. when harvesting this is the younger the better because it's more tender. The that that exterior that 
scaly, almost like uh, feather pattern that you're mm-hmm. talking about um, doesn't have time to like thicken, and uh, so it's it's definitely a little bit more tender. Yeah, there's less prep that you need to do, so yeah. the pores are going to be smaller. Everything's kind of just like in a tight little package in a button, so you can just like cut it and eat it like that. Um, well, I mean, you cook it, obviously, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Whenever it comes to older specimen, I mean, because I guess I feel like we've all had this moment as a beginning forager where you come across some of the biggest mushrooms you'll ever see in your life. And they're these pheasant back mushrooms, and there's a big old clump of them. There's five of them growing there, but they're huge, right? They're bigger than your head. So that's not a lost cause as long as you can tell because they'll grow really, really fast, especially oh, yeah. in the spring season. Lots of rainfall. They're just ballooning out. So um, the key is texture. So feel them. Go ahead and touch them. Just a reminder to everybody out there, if you don't know this, it is okay to touch every mushroom in North America. There's like one mushroom, I think, in that grows only in China that I think is... Uh, toxic to the touch, but 99% do not have toxic uh, qualities that can transfer through dermal dermal contact. Through your fingies. Yeah. So you check how tender it is, if it's like really rough and corky or if it's dark colored. So you want a nice bright white underside or kind of like creamy underside and then a floppy tender edges. Yeah. And so when you have these larger mushrooms, you can collect the edges. So you trim off the tender edge, and that's still good. Um, I've done that several times, taking that home, because there are weird moments in the season where you don't find any fresh pheasant back, and there's no morels out there, but you'll have stuff that started growing a week or two ago, and it's Mm -hmm. nice and big, and it's like, you know what? I want to take home something. I want to eat something. So you take home some uh, Cereoporus squamosus. (laughs) It's not bad, y'all. There's a variety of ways you can cook it. Um, how have you eaten it? I mean, just pretty simply, uh, like we treat most of our mushrooms, mm-hmm. a little bit of butter, a little bit of seasoning. Do you but, scrape the pores off at all? If it's young enough, I don't. Um, but I've I've definitely eaten the pores. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with it. I, no. Yeah. I think it's more of a texture thing than it is. Yeah. You know, you don't need to do it for it to be edible. Um, yeah. You might want to do it for it to be palatable for you. I do not. I don't uh, scrape the pores off either. I think they're a great capture for like oil and seasonings or fat or whatever. I think it's really, and they crisp, I think it crisps up really awesome. Yeah. You should definitely try it. Yeah, definitely try it. Yeah. Especially if you plan on going out and morel hunting and you've never tried this uh, mushroom before, do it, do it one more time. Do it. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) So uh, what, what else? So you found it. So you found it. You know how to trim, it, how to cut it, where to trim it. You know how it, it looks, kind of like a pheasant. Sure. What does it smell like? Yeah, this is another way you can identify yeah, it. Yeah, pretty key indicator. And it's a very obvious one. Um, I don't think really any other mushrooms smell like this either. I can't think of one. Melon. Yeah, melon rind. Melon that rind or cucumber. Cucumbery, yeah. Um, it has like this really awesome, fresh vegetal smell, really juicy yeah. smell. I love it. I think it smells awesome yeah it smells great for sure uh so i guess the way i've used it and you kind of i've never used it and i've never tried to capture that smell at all um i always kind of use a 
savory herb mix whenever mm-hmm. or, or I marinate it more actually I've marinated it like cop chopped it into chunks um, bite-sized chunks and then thrown it into like olive oil oregano uh, thyme, or you know Greek seasoning mix or something like that sure. uh, or Greek salad dressing even mm-hmm. uh, and just sauteed it like that and it was it's awesome you know so get out there and find it and then I think we'll come back in the second half We'll talk about, uh, well, I guess real quick, let's just discuss when it grows. Because we talk about like, oh, yeah, it grows uh, same time in morale season. But really, it's not just then. No, no. It's, it's before. Yeah. It's after. Yeah. It's, it's in fall. You might in, get two, three, four flushes easily. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Throughout the year. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. From the same stumps even. Yeah. They'll flush like three times a year. Uh, yeah, totally. Easy. And they last so long as far as shelf life. Uh, pretty hard pressed to beat that. Like you know? they last a long time. They they stay fresh in their grow, growing habitat longer. I guess I guess kind of both. I I mean I I think yeah. they hold up pretty good even in storage. I uh, agree. You know, in a crisper or something like that. Yeah. Have you ever dehydrated them? I haven't. Me either. Yeah. I do know. Actually, I uh, know somebody. Shout out uh, Whitney, the Appalachian forager down in uh, Appalachia. Uh, I, I meant I, I said Appalachian Forager, and then I said it right, Appalachia. It's the Appalachian Forager, but she uh, she does a mushroom mix where she dehydrates it and then blends it in with like Chicken of the Woods and uh, I think Black Trumpet and a couple other like really savory stuff. So it adds a pretty cool quality. Um, I think that's a really interesting option as well to dehydrate it and turn it into a spice, especially whenever you find so much of it. It can be a really good medium for salt or uh, yeah, just just by itself, honestly, to get that just little punch of a umami on your popcorn. I would for sure like to try that. That yeah. sounds that sounds great. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty. cool. Maybe that's like an underutilized method, you know? Probably, honestly. Well, yeah, just generally like dehydrating and then powderizing mushrooms is very underutilized as a topping, as a spice, or um, even in, I guess that's kind of how you would use it, or in salad dressings. Um, Okay, but then now with that, I think we're comfortable to move on to the second half where we'll talk a little bit about nutrients and whatever uh, you'll find out. Second half stuff. Stick around to find out. You know the deal. You've been here before. This isn't your first time. And if it is, welcome to the Wild Edible World Podcast. (laughs) And we didn't didn't know we missed you until now. Yeah, exactly. We're so happy to meet you. And uh, check out the rest of our catalog. Um, Buy our merch. Also, your hair looks great today. Me? No, the new... Yes. Oh, I just on, wanted Mike. it to be me so bad. Your hair always looks great. Stop uh, it. Well, I need to hear it, honestly. <laughs> okay, stop, stop, stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Second half. Bye. I... What's wrong, buddy? Well, I just realized this mushroom supplement I bought isn't actually made with mushrooms. It's made with something called myceliated grain? Myceliated grain? Oh, oh no! no! I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but myceliated grain is a sure sign of a poor-quality mushroom supplement. Well, dang. I wanted mushrooms, not brown rice. What should I do? Well, you should support a small-batch producer from right here in the Midwest. Kiwino Apothecary. Kiwino Apothecary? Tell me more. 
Kiwi Na Apothecary specializes in high-quality mushroom extracts from Michigan, and they always use real mushrooms, never, never, never myceliated grain. That sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Where can I order? Well, you can find them at kiwinawapothecary.etsy.com. That's K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W apothecary.etsy.com. Be sure to read their many excellent reviews. Thanks, buddy. I don't want no low-quality mushroom products from a factory. I want Kiwina Apothecary. Wowie, wow! We're back in the second half, Wild Edible World podcast. Welcome back. We just want to take a moment to give a couple little shout skis. Uh, the first mm, would mm. be to uh, the Argonaut Seafood Co. out of Naperville, Illinois here uh, for providing us some delicious oysters. Mm-hmm. Oysters. Tan- to tan- oysters to tantalize our taste buds. Yeah, we've been snacking on them the whole episode. They're just so good. They are so good. Just the best stuff. Um, we cannot speak highly enough about Carlos and Izzy over at the Argonaut. Um, we're, we're a little close with the guys, but uh, yeah, they're just the best. So definitely check them out for your catering needs or your uh, events. Yeah. The, the best seafood you'll like ever have in the Midwest. Our unofficial sponsors, because they don't even know we're doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we do it because we like them so much. Right. And But it's, it, you know, there's always been like kind of a mutual... You know, we enjoy each other's stuff a lot. So, absolutely. Yeah. What else we got going on, Mike? What else we got going on? Well, we can plug, I think, a pretty cool event and collaboration. Um, so, we have like kind of a two part collaboration uh, with the service, Terms of Service podcast, which mm-hmm. is a co- podcast where they have conversations about the food industry and the people within it and how to bring uh, more progressive ideas and sustainability. Lots of really cool conversation happening with uh, lots of really, really freaking cool people over there. Um, but they reached out to us and we're interested in doing like a little collaboration with them. So we're going to be on their show in a month. Yeah. About a month. Almost exactly. Almost exactly one month. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be released almost immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be a really cool conversation about just foraging and kitchens um, and just kind of like how we implement it and how kitchens are more sustainable. I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. It's going to be cool. It's going to be the coolest. And then on top of that, we are further collaborating with them through Bell's Brewery and uh, New Belgium. New Belgium and Bell's. Because. And Outsiders Shy. Outsiders, yep. So, which is an organization that helps um, typically outdoor. Uh, uh, Minded. Well, I think people that typically, let's say, historically have not had comfortable access to the outdoors, Mm -hmm. they kind of aim for that, and then also the accessibility of it all. So the idea is, right, so it's a Chicago event company, so we're meeting in Chicago, and that's where you're going to find it. So we posted the links, and we'll post it again, and we'll keep posting about it, um, and we'll try to be a little bit more clear about it, because it's an event that starts in Chicago... And they provide the transportation out to Kalamazoo, Michigan, where we all hang out and we do a big foraging walk and we find lots of ingredients. And beforehand, Steve and I are going to be collaborating with the kitchen at Bell's Brewing 
yeah. to bring some of the ingredients that we're going to find and talk about while we're outside to your kitchen table in a beer tasting menu after the walk. So just kind of a really special, cool way to um, integrate this, the whole mentality of this podcast into kind of like physical format. It's going to be the best. It's very fun, very exciting, and if I may say so, very freaking affordable. Oh, definitely. I saw that ticket price and I was like, that's freaking awesome. Early like, bird ticket prices right now are at $50 for the whole experience, mm-hmm. not including tax. If you ask me, that's a freaking steal. Absolutely. A ride to Kalamazoo, uh, beer samples, dinner, hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. Your two favorite foragers and getting expert plant identification and information from the source. So yeah. check it out. Uh, we'll post the link in our stories and we'll probably make a post on our feed about it. Um, so keep an eye out. If you want to look for it, I believe it is called an Earth Day Walk with Outsiders. Uh, so those are a couple of the key terms you guys can use to find it. And for sure, check out uh, Outsiders, Outsiders Chicago. It's it's so cool, man. It's it's such a cool thing that they're doing. They're, they have all sorts of events. Check out Terms of Service Podcast because they are putting the spotlight on the people that uh, that are making a difference, man, in hospitality and the surrounding fields. Yeah, and they're walking the walk, too. You know, They're not just right. having a podcast about it. They're getting us involved. They're putting boots to the ground, um, mouths to the plate, <laughs> and uh, yeah. really, yeah, really doing, like really doing this shit. So it, it's, it's really awesome to have them on our side and to, well, just... I guess to be on the same side of this uh, whole perspective together. Yeah. You know, so uh, what else? What else we got? Without further ado. Adieu. I felt like there was one more person I wanted to sh- give, give heads up to. With one more adieu? With one more adieu. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can't quite remember it. But yeah, shout out to Terms of Service podcast for sure. Yeah. Real ones. All right. So here goes Pheasant Backs and Fronts. And fronts. <laughs> and uh, undersides. No. Uh, so when it comes to nutrients, I don't think there's a lot of uh, very clear information on it. Um, there have been some studies done to show what medicinal qualities or what benefits it has. True. Do you have specifics on that? Not incredibly specific. So right. there are some rough numbers as far as uh, there's a decent amount of protein. So 100 grams sure. uh, of mushroom 17 grams of protein, pretty high carbohydrates. But if you're going to get your carbs from somewhere, you want to give them, get them from the plant, animal, mushroom kingdom. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to load up on the refined grains and, and whatnot. Yeah, so, exactly. Diversify yeah. your sources. Exactly. A little bit of fat, vitamin E, uh, antioxidant, phenolytic compounds. Yeah, so what I saw was a study on its antioxidant properties yeah. and how it's they're, they're, it's solid, it's measurable, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I think that's reason enough. I mean, people use that as a reason to drink green tea. Yeah. It's like, this is, that's more than enough reason for you to eat this mushroom when you find it. Sure. B1, B2, B12, C, Ooh. D, antioxidants, carotenoids, unsaturated fatty acids, a.k.a. the good ones. Yeah, yeah. The ones you want all up in your business. Oh, I do want them in they my business. They have antimicrobial properties, these mushrooms. No kidding. Yeah. Cool. I like so, that. Lots of cool stuff. Lots of cool stuff. Do your research, uh, but ultimately, just check out that mushroom, man. Yeah, and you know, as far as poisonous lookalikes are concerned, there really isn't any. Yeah. You know, As long as you have that distinctive feathering pattern on top, 
Uh, I guess <clears throat> there is a mushroom that doesn't grow here in the Midwest, but it is known to grow in places like Colorado, um, and I'm not sure what else, where else, but it is, um, I think it's called like Hawks, Hawks, uh, well, regardless of what it's called, it is also an edible mushroom, mm-hmm. but it grows out of the ground and it has teeth instead of pores on the underside of the mushroom. So there's a couple of distinctifying differences besides the fact that you're not going to really, you, I think you can find uh, dryad saddle where you can find the, the, uh, the hawk's tooth mushroom, which mm-hmm. I'm doing a very, very sad job. This is not, not the best, but you're fine. Stop. Um, as far as local, or nearby, you're not going to find anything uh, that looks like it that is toxic. So just make sure that you find you, you smell it. The smell. The smell I was going to say, and no matter what, easiest. Look for the smell. Yeah, the yeah. smell is going to be easiest. Same thing with onions. If you smell this cucumber or melony smell, then you have the right mushroom. Um, and uh, I guess I do have a little bit of extra when it comes to like dryad saddle. Like, what is a dryad? Why do they saddle? Sure. So it apparently comes from like Greek mythology. Uh, they're nymphs, tree nymphs in Greek mythology that would use the dryad saddle to sit and ride upon it. They would like ride it like it was a bird, I guess. I Just like we do in the forest for with these pheasant backs. Yeah, well, I'd be playing them like drums, like yeah. blowing them up. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Mouth, mouth, mushroom drums. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. <laughs> So I think that's, that's nine minutes. Damn. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we, when we kind of beefed up beginning with um, you know our event talk and stuff. So sure. just want to make sure you guys check out the Argonaut. Check out Terms of Service podcast. Be on the lookout for the rest of our events for in the next month or two. We're gonna have a lot of really cool, exciting stuff. And we're gonna try and get a YouTube channel going if that's something you guys are into. Um, bringing a visual aspect to the show as well. If you guys want to see us talk. Most of the time, it'll be in the forest, so maybe we'll have some video components, some not, because I'm not sure how interesting it would be to see us sit inside of a conference room like we are now. Yeah, that should be forest stuff. It should always sure. be forest. I think it's yeah. forest-exclusive video content. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys are happy to listen to us uh, you know, hash this out on recording. Yeah. So, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that'll bring us to the end of this episode. Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, go out and find the squamosis, man. Yeah, get don't, your squamosis on. Yeah, don't uh, squaw your mosises, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>